0: How do you create the perfect meal plan for you to get results? This is one of the questions that I get asked all the time. So today I'm going to be teaching you step-by-step step exactly how you can do that. Hello there, I'm Natalia Malu, your unfiltered fit BFF. Mom of two turned CEO of a fitness empire. Someone who understands the struggles of trying to stay fit, sane, and sexy, all while juggling work, life, and motherhood. And this is the Unfiltered Fit Life Podcast. Follow along wherever you're listening and join me weekly as I help busy working moms just like you simplify their fitness journey so they can lose weight, regain their confidence, and feel sexy AF. It's time to stop living in the what-ifs and hiding from the cameras. It's time to regain control over your body, feel sexy naked, and wear a bikini confidently. People already see you as a super confident woman, but it's time for you to feel the same way too. Let's go. Welcome to the Unfiltered Fit Life Podcast. I'm Natalia Mello, your host. And I just want to give you a bit of a heads up that today is going to be an episode that is very heavy in information so I'd highly recommend that you grabbed a piece of paper and a pen or pencil so you can take notes because there are going to be a lot of details and some calculations that you're going to have to do. And the reason I want to do this right now is because, you know, the start of the year is a time where many people want to get on track with their fitness goals and I find that there is so much fuckery out there. Uh, on social media, on podcasts and things like that, that the intention is to make things more complicated than what they have to so that people have that paralysis by analysis. So I'm going to try to simplify this as much as possible so you can understand how you can create your own new plan if you are not in a position to hire a coach and to hire help, to hire a coach who is going to also simplify this process for you. So how exactly do you create a meal plan for you? The first step that you have to take is to figure out how much you should be eating. And what I mean by that is, you know, figuring out the amount of calories that you should be taking in a day. And there are two ways for you to do that. One is a bit simpler, which is just you get your weight in pounds and multiply that by anywhere between 10 and 14, I like to use the number 12. That is not so aggressive number to create a caloric deficit. So your weight in pounds times 12. That range can be, like I said, anywhere between 10 and 14, 15. But I would stay more on the 12 mark because then you're not going to be putting yourself in a caloric deficit too aggressively right out of the gate. Or another option that you have is to track, use an app like MyFitnessPal, Macros First. There are several different apps out there. MyFitnessPal is the most widely used, but the only problem that I personally see with MyFitnessPal is because it is a database of information that is the users put that in there. It makes it at times a bit unreliable. The data is a bit hard to rely on because there are a lot of variables. Just a little caveat. So I would recommend you tracking your food, assuming that you're maintaining your weight. So let's say that you have been maintaining your weight for at least two months. Your weight has not changed. I recommend that you track your weight for three days. Out of the three days, one day, I would like it to be the weekend. Then you're going to add those calories and divide it by three. So, for example, I'd say that on Wednesday, you eat 1,600 calories. Then on Thursday, you eat 1,800 calories. And then on Saturday, you eat 2,500 calories. You're going to get all that number and divide it by three. And then whatever that average number is, you are going to deduct 150 to 200 calories from that. That is going to put you in a caloric deficit. Okay. So I'm going to use an imaginary number here just so you guys can understand. So I'm going to use the multiplication number. So 150. Let's assume that the person weighs 150 pounds. So we get 150 pounds times 12. That gives 1800 calories. Okay. 1800 calories, the amount of calories that you're going to have to have in a day to be in a caloric deficit. After you find out what that caloric intake is, your next step is going to be to calculate your protein need for the day. The way to do that, you are going to get your weight in kilos. I feel more comfortable going by kilos than by pounds. So I apologize for all the the math that you're going to have to do. So 150 pounds is the equivalent to 68 kilos. So you're going to multiply that number by anywhere between 1.5 and 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. A lot of people think that, oh, I'm going to eat more protein because protein is better and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. There aren't Research is out there that supports the idea that there is added benefit to have more than 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. It's almost like the threshold is at that 2.2. Anything more than that, there is no significant benefit. And a problem that you can have when you kind of put too much protein in the plant is that it can make it slightly unsustainable especially for most people, they are not used to eat a lot of protein. So anywhere between 1.5 and 2.2. And that number is going to vary. If you are somebody who you know that you don't eat enough protein, I wouldn't go for, you know, 2.2 or 2 grams because the transition is going to be too great for you to go from like nothing to a whole bunch of protein. So I'll probably stick to the number between 1.5 and 1.8. I'm going to use the number 1.8 for the same fictional, let's call her Mary. Mary is 150 pounds. She needs 1,800 calories per day. Now we need to figure out what her protein needs are in a day. So we're going to put 68 times 1.8, which the number is 122.4. So you round it up to 120. 120. If it was 123, then you would round it up to 125. But it's 122.4, we round it up to 120. So far, we have 1,800 calories, 120 grams of protein. So out of the 1,800 calories, 120 grams are going to be from protein. Now we need to figure out how many calories 120 grams of protein has. So you're going to Grab that 120 and you're going to multiply that by four, which brings us to 480. So now we need to figure out how many grams of fat you need to eat. A calculation that I like to do is anywhere between 20 and 30%. So let's settle at 25% of the total caloric need to be from fats. You're going to multiply 1,800 times 25% of that, which brings us to 450 calories. So now we need to figure out how many grams of fat 450 calories equals to. So we're going to get 450 divided by 9 because fat is 9 calories per gram. So we end up with 50 grams of fat. Now to figure out how many calories from carbs you're going to be consuming. We're going to do 180 minus 480 minus 450 leaves us with 870. And then you're going to divide that by four, which leaves us with 217.5. I'm going to round that up to 220. So 220 grams of carbs and 870 calories. So 1,800 calories is the total amount that you're going to consume in a day. The total amount of protein that you're going to consume is going to be 120 grams, which brings us to 480 calories. Carbs is going to be 220 calories, which is protein, 120 grams, 480 calories. Carbohydrates, 220 grams, 870 calories. Fat is going to be 50 grams, 450 calories. So now we have that breakdown. So, what happens next? You are going to use an app like MyFitnessPal, MacrosFirst, whatever app you choose. But again, that caveat around MyFitnessPal that it can be slightly inaccurate. That's something that we see sometimes with our members in the Powerhouse Academy that they try to track and they get a whole bunch of different numbers. That's the beauty of having a registered dietitian that really understands the caloric content of a lot of the foods. So I'm not saying that my fitness pal is not good, but it can give you unreliable data. So download the app and I always recommend that you create the meal plan on the desktop. I find it a lot easier to navigate and it gives more information on a desktop version, more so than the app on the phone so step three is going to be to use an app like my fitness macros first and you are always going to start creating your plans with the protein so you know that the total amount of protein that you need in a day is 120 then you're going to decide how many meals is it realistic for you again there is the whole debate oh you have to eat every few hours bullshit But for muscle hypertrophy, it is recommended that you eat at least three or four meals a day. So let's say that you're going to have three meals or four meals. Then you're going to spread the protein amongst all those meals and you start with the protein. And then you start to add the other macronutrients, carbohydrates and fat, because then you're going to start to see how that impacts the protein. But always work from the protein to then add the other macronutrients. That's step three. And then step four, as you're creating that meal plan, make sure that you're getting enough fiber. That you're not just like creating a plan with, I don't know, protein and Oreos. Because chances are that you're probably not going to be getting enough fiber from that. So you want to aim for anywhere between 25, 30 grams of fiber. If you're a woman and for men, the recommended amount's 35. You can always go more than that, but I wouldn't go below that because fiber really helps with society and that feeling of fullness and that you're not going to feel hungry all the time because that's what happens a lot of times is that people are meeting their caloric needs for the day, their protein needs for the day, but because they don't have enough fiber, it's always that, oh, I'm not eating enough. Well, you're eating enough, your calories are enough, but because you're eating foods that are not very kind of nutrient dense and take a lot of space in your belly, you're going to feel hungry all the time. Because if you try to eat 500 calories from very fibrous food items and 500 calories from Oreos, chances are that you're going to feel hungry shortly after eating the Oreos, but not when you're eating the fibrous foods. So just keep that in mind. So this is exactly how you're going to create your own meal plan. I tried to make this as simple as possible. I know that there were a lot of numbers, so I'm going to do a quick recap. Step one, you need to figure out how much you need to be eating, which is you're going to do that the simple way that I did by multiplying your weight in pounds by 12. Step two, you're going to calculate your protein needs by multiplying your weight in kilos by anywhere between 1.5 and 2.2. I use the number 1.8. Step three, you're going to use an app like MyFitnessPal or Macros First or whatever to create the plan. And you're always going to start creating that plan with the protein first. Start with the protein and then work from there. And then step four is make sure that you're getting enough fiber as you're creating that meal plan so you don't feel hungry all the time. And also fiber is very good for you as well for Heart health, and to help with your digestion. Here are some tips that I want to give to you as well. From my experience with having meal plans myself and 15 years of experience coaching, these are a lot of the things that I see people do that hinders their progress, at least in the beginning. As you're getting back on track, you need to Take as much friction as possible out of the process. So, my number one tip is to prep your food in advance for the week. What I find is that oftentimes people try to get very creative and like make all these different meals every single day. And it's all fun and games whenever it's still a novelty and you're just starting that program, like, you know, that first four weeks of the year, but then you start to get burned out because chances are that you're busy. Chances are that you're juggling a full-time career, you're likely to have kids, have a partner, have all these balls that you're juggling. And the last thing that you want to do is be preparing a full-ass menu from scratch every single day. So you, you are going to have to get used to being a tiny bit bored with your food, at least in the beginning, because what I find that helps is to prep in advance for the week and to try to eat the same things per week. Not saying that you're going to eat the same thing for the whole month, but per week, I find that it helps a lot with staying consistent because it takes all the guesswork work out of it. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, I love recipes. I think recipes are great. But whenever you're first starting out, keep it simple, it's stupid, the KISS method. Avoid all the fancy recipes. You ain't nobody here competing to be the next master chef, I don't believe. If you are, great. But chances are that the majority of you listening are not competing to be master chefs. So the simpler you keep by avoiding all the fancy recipes and all the fancy ingredients and all like a little bit of sprinkle here, a little bit of sprinkle that, by limiting that, you are going to be limiting the opportunities for additional calories to come into your plan that you don't even realize that you're consuming. And again, this is not going to be Forever. But it is a very good way to start, create some kind of system and then build it from there. Because as you start to build the system, you're going to gain the confidence and you're going to start to trust the process more. So avoid the fancy recipes. Tip number three is don't try to pack as many items as possible per meals, because that is another thing that can make things very overwhelming. I like to keep it simple, five, six ingredient stops per meal. It makes it a lot easier on the prep. It makes it a lot easier to stick to and it makes it a lot less overwhelming. And one thing to keep in mind, everything that I'm saying here is not going to be forever. But in the beginning, we need to try to keep things as simple as possible. That's how we do in the Powerhouse Academy with the program. Everything that we do is fully customized. So even as we are creating, for example, the meal plan with the structure that I gave you here, you don't have to think about doing any of this. We do all the thinking and we're going to ask you, You know, what is a perfect breakfast? What's a perfect dinner? What's a perfect lunch? Do you have any allergies? We are going to do all the legwork. And even whenever we are doing all the legwork, we like to keep things as simple as possible because that's what we have found that creates the path to success. And then we build from there. So that's tip number three. Start with five ingredients or less per meal. Then we have tip number four. This is a mistake that I see a lot of people making as well. Eyeballing your food, meaning not actually measuring. Do you have to measure? No. Are you more likely to be accurate with measuring? Yes. Are you going to have to measure things forever? Probably not. But chances are that if you are in a place where you're not happy with your physique there has been some disconnect along the way because that's something that I see often. Oh, I barely eat. Oh, I just have a little bit. And then whenever you ask, do you have any idea how many calories that has? Oh, it's just a handful, but it's not a handful. It's like 15 handfuls. So I feel like there is a big disconnect from what people think they're eating to what they are actually eating. So that measurement, at least in the beginning, even if you are somebody who is experienced has experienced, let's say, from competing in the past or from tracking the past, if you have fallen off the wagon and you've been a little bit out of the game for some time, chances are that what you think that is probably is not. So I really value the measurement, at least in the beginning, so we know 100% that what you say that you're eating is what you're actually eating. And then tip number five, incorporate into the plants foods that you have always perceived as forbidden. That's something um, I spoke with a a lady today and she was like, oh my God, you know, I can't have any cookies. I'm, I'm cutting out all the sugar. And then two minutes later, she says, yeah, but then every time that I see cookies, I binge it. I can't stop eating. So making these foods Kind of novelty in that they are quote unquote bad and they're forbidden and all that and the other will just make you develop an unhealthy relationship with food. So if there are some food items that you want to incorporate into your plan, utilize those calories and the macros that you have to incorporate a little bit of that into your plan that way you start to become used to having those foods for example we have a member that has lost over 120 pounds with us she has peanut butter in her plan she has a steak and potatoes and she has the allowance in her plan to have three glasses of wine per week which she always perceived as forbidden oh it's it's bad oh if i want to lose weight i cannot do this I'm not saying that you are to go ahead and get shit-faced and drink five bottles of wine and be like, oh, Natalia said that I could drink. It is my job as a coach to teach my members and to teach you how to make educated choices. You know, and if you enjoy going on a date night with your husband, if you enjoy, you know, going on a girl's night out, how sustainable is it for me to tell you that you can never ever again have a glass of wine you're only going to be able to stick to that for a certain period of time until you're like, ah, whatever. And then whenever you do have the wine, you're probably going to get shit-faced because in your mind is like, oh, I already messed it up. So I'm just going to keep messing it up. And you know what drunk people don't do? They do not ask for celery as a snack. They do not ask for apple slices. So being drunk Also comes with poor food choices. So I much rather educate our members on how to have things in moderation and allow them to make choices for themselves as to if they want to use those calories and those macros with wine or with something else. That's education. And I think that that's what a coach is all about. So these are my five tips on how to make it even more effective new plan. Tip number one, prep in advance for the week. Tip number two, avoid all the fancy recipes you ain't training for freaking MasterChef. Tip number three, start with five ingredients or less per meal. That is going to make your life a lot easier and less overwhelming. Tip number four, measure the things. Eyeballing, in the beginning at least, doesn't work. There is a significant disconnect on how much you think that you're eating and how much you're actually eating. So please make sure that you're measuring that, be that with food scale, cups, both, but measure it. And tip number five, make sure that you're incorporating to your plan foods that you have always perceived as forbidden. Incorporate them with the caloric amount that you have and the breakdown that you have put for yourself because that way that food is going to become almost like banalized because you're like, oh, I can have it if I want. So the goal is to normalize foods that you have been told that they are quote unquote bad or that you're not allowed to. I'm a big advocate for me not being a babysitter. My job is not to babysit our members. I am not the Natalia Mello daycare. My job is to give our members the tools and the education and information that they need to make choices that align with their goals. And that's empowerment because that puts our members and that knowledge puts people in the driver's seat of the choices on what's best for them. And it doesn't become that thing. Oh, my coach doesn't allow me to do this. I tell our members all the time. I don't give a shit. What you do? I do not give a shit. What you do? It is not my job to allow you or not allow you to do things because that's what creates that codependency that people are constantly like relying just on accountability. What happens if, you know, you have to make a choice at 3 a.m., When your coach is likely to be sleeping and you do not have the opportunity for that accountability, for that phone call, what are you going to do? So it is important to have that knowledge and know how to make educated choices on your own. That is going to give you also a lot more pride on the process. And you are going to be on the driver's seat of your results. And I think that that is incredibly important for long-term success. So like I said in the beginning, this is going to be a short and sweet episode, but I want it to be incredibly informative. I'm sure that you're probably going to have to rewind this a few times with all the numbers. If you have any questions, reach out to me on Instagram. The link is down below. And if you want to learn more on how we can help you simplify even more this process and do all this like work for you, so you have everything laid out right in front of you and you just have to show up and do the work. There is a link in the description on how you can apply to work with us in the Powerhouse Academy. Click that link, schedule a call. We're going to chat in that conversation. We're going to discuss what your goals are. And if I feel like we can help you, we'll move forward and talk about what that is going to look like. But if I feel like we cannot help you, I'll be very upfront and honest. That's a motto that I live by and something that I take a lot of pride in, in being very honest and transparent with the people that we can help and the people that we cannot help. And if I feel like we cannot help you, I'll tell you. Point you in a better direction, but I'll be always very upfront with you about that as well. So there is no pressure on this call. It's a 15 minute call. So look down below, see if we can even help you and we'll take the conversation from there. Other than that, I hope this was helpful. Share this with a friend If you found it valuable, share it on your social media and tag me and I'll reshare it as well. This is the best way that you can repay me for what I'm sharing, for my time. And if you want to take an extra minute of your day, if you could leave a review, that would be amazing. I would love you very much for that. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Adios. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. But let me ask you, what was your aha moment in today's episode? I would love to know. You can leave me a comment or voice message at the link in the show description. You can also follow me on Instagram and let me know what topics you want to hear more about or who I should have on the show. As for today, this is it for today, guys. I'll see you back next week for another episode of the Unfiltered Fit Life podcast.